Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. before, and uh, for the previous 10 verses, uh, you can get them online, you can go to the podcast, it's actually no cost, you don't have to send me your very best love offering or anything, you can just listen to it, I'm sort of amazed that anybody wants to hear me talk at all, um, but I, I love this aspect and digging back into it again, and as I was setting my heart to, to go back in and see, you know, how do you study, well, the first thing I do is I pray, then I read the passage that I that I want to be able to teach and explain, and then I use outside sources, and then I come back and I start writing notes, and just like uh, just taking notes to myself before I could ever hopefully share it with you in in any way that's meaningful. And as I did this, I, I reread Martin Lloyd Jones and some of the things he said. You don't read that quickly or for like just a brief listened to two other teachings, listened to John Lynch, and John always blesses me. I don't know if you ever listened to him. You can go to Open Door Fellowship and get all of his teachings. And some of it influenced this, and some of it not, because um, I, I think God likes to give fresh stuff, you know. And so I have taught this three other times, actually, but it's, it's fresh to me, and I hope it's fresh to you, and I hope you can receive it. It says in verse 11, because actually what he's, he's discussing here also is, is setting the theme for this. It's about the reign of sin being over. Very few Christians that I know really see sin as done with. And most of them have been taught some form of equational living by which they deal with the sin in their life. And Romans 6 does something so incredible because it asks you to do something that is supernatural. And that's to see yourself has died and raised to new life and then to not deal with sin from your soul, but to see sin as also having died. gone, over with. You ever talk to somebody in a casket? Did they answer you? That's exactly what Paul's trying to get at here. He's saying, I want you to see something absolutely incredible. So let's read it. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. You notice he's not saying, we always transfer a scripture from another book here. We say, well, I have to die daily to sin. When he was talking about dying daily, he was talking about facing the persecutions that he had and that the threat of death was always imminent. 
most of Christianity teaches that you have to die to sin daily. He is not saying that here. Look at what he's saying. Reckon yourselves to be dead, not to die, to be dead. Indeed to sin, but what? But alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, in your flesh, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members, and uh, people have often questioned what that word members means. It, it means all of the fleshy organs that you have. It means your eyes, your nose, your mouth, your senses, your heart, your liver. Don't present that. Don't let it rain in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust. And to not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Are your eyes righteous? <laughs> totally. How do you know? Because when you see stuff on TV that is unrighteous, you go, ooh. Even if you fell into your flesh and watched it, you still have that, do you know what I'm talking about? You get an instant icky feeling. Why? Christ is in you. Your eyes weren't meant for that. Your eyes were meant for something completely different. We have such authority when we get there. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under law, but under grace. Oh. Oh. See, we've been taught to deal with sin from the law. You will never reckon sin dead legally. You can only reckon sin dead under God's grace, his unmerited favor, because otherwise you start doing it, it begins in the flesh and gets authority from your soul, from your mind, emotion, and will. And then you decide that you need to take control of sin. And once again, it works for about two and a half weeks, and then you lose control, and you sin because you're dealing with something that's dead and it stinks because it's dead it always stinks so in looking at that now remember where we're at in Romans this Romans 6 especially not just Romans 5 but Romans 6 is Paul's answer to legalism and what were known as the Judaizers who came back and said that it had to be the law that dealt with this. They've accused him of saying that it's okay under Paul's view of the power of grace for people to sin. Paul's going, no. We died to sin. Dying, having myself seeing as myself dead to sin 
is the power of grace, not the law. I lean into grace to see that. I can't see it legally. It doesn't work. The equation never works. It never worked ever, 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 ever. The harder I tried, the weaker I got. Because the law actually empowers sin. That's scriptural. It empowers it. So in, in looking, here's what Paul says. What, you know, everybody wants, we want the magic trick to where it gets work. Well, it's not magic, but it's spiritual. It's God's grace. I just don't understand what you're saying. Pray for grace. When grace comes in, it starts giving a revelation to the heart, to, to the real person that you are, when it's you all alone in the bedroom. And you know that God knows, and so you're trying to be deeply honest, and once again, you're sort of hating yourself a little bit. It's at that place that you go, God, I can't do this without you. It's grace. That's what Paul's saying right here, that there's a power in the grace of God that can uh, not only allow you, but it can actually transform you. And instead of you seeing yourself as evil, you can see yourself as immature and growing in it. He gives you a safe place, that's what grace is, to work it out. Look at this. Here, here's the mistake in what, in many ways, in what, how I've heard this taught in the past. Death to sin is not pretending you don't sin. That's a mask. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Really? Well, now let's get four of us guys back in Lloyd's office and we'll really talk where nobody else is seeing it or hearing it. Can I trust you? It's not pretending you don't sin. I can still sin, but I'm not a sinner. Sinner is an identity. I'm not a sinner. I'm a human being in the power of grace that can fall under the sway of sin and do something that in my head, I can't believe I did that. By the way, that's Romans 7, and we'll get to it. Death to sin is an empowerment of God's grace. And it's actually the means by which God, if you want to deal with sin, there's only one way to deal with it, and that's through grace. It's the only way it can be dealt with because that's the way God made. Could he have done it any other way? Probably not because this is the way he chose. Walk ye in it. If you're going to hear any obedience, walk in grace. Here's the key. You are no longer under the rule, the authority, and the reign of sin. The more you deal with trying to get your sin okay with God, the more you're not. It doesn't have the authority in your life that you're trying to give it. Is this making sense? It does, look, you need to point yourself and go, sin doesn't have authority on me. Because what you're saying then is you're allowing something dead to rule your life. Start putting it together. The logic, God's logic, not man's logic, God's logic. 
I'm giving something authority that doesn't have authority. That's why he says, don't present your members to that. It doesn't have authority over you. Because we all know this. It doesn't work. If you sin, guess what you feel? Guilty. It doesn't work. Has it ever worked for you? Since you've been a believer in your heart, have you ever gone, ah, well, it doesn't matter, I'll do this anyway? No. Why? Because the spirit of truth lives in you. And this is God's truth. And so it doesn't, that stuff doesn't ever work. Look, look at the last one. But say it with me. I am free from sin's mastery. Do you believe that? I believe it and I'm in a process of learning to mature in it. And that's why my heart is free. And it doesn't have control of me. Do I do it perfectly? No, I do it in Christ who's perfect. It comes to this funny little word, reckon. If you expand it out, this is what it really means. Seeing the reality of a truth. Believing in it. Standing upon it and utilizing it as a point of your identity. Not as a point of circumstances, as a point of my identity. What Christ did freed you from sin's mastery of your personhood. Who you really are. Because that's what the issue is. Sin is always trying to make you feel like you're not alive to God. It didn't work. So sin, when we sin and we feel the guilt of it, it always comes back and tries to steal the real you, the alive you, and tries to get you to lay in the casket again. But you already died. You don't have to die again. The life you have become has greater authority than the life that died. Can you hear that? It's a really important point. The life you have become, are you alive in Christ right now? That's why, I'm at, that's why I said I'm doing incredible. I sniffles, I was sick over Christmas, all that. doesn't matter. I'm alive in God. Christ lives in me. It, this is stunning. And it's all based, so you have to jump ahead from Romans 6 and look at Romans 8 too. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. When I sin, that law wants to come back and say it has authority in my life. And so it will always attack my view of myself my true self. Now for some of us, that comes out in like, stupid. Why am I so flippin' stupid? Why am I so, you fill in the blank, whatever that is. And you immediately start denigrating the person who's dead. Instead of acknowledging 
the person who is alive. Is this making sense? It, it, it really is a key because that actually is the power of grace. When we say, well, grace is passive. No, it's not. Grace is an empowerment for you to be exactly who you are. For you to do who you really are. And to do it effortlessly. Because that's who you are. You're alive to God. This is a, if you're going to memorize some scriptures, this is one of the key ones you want to memorize. You want to tie it to verse 1, which says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Don't pull part of verse 4 up like your Bible does and put it into verse 1. The writer in the King James era did that, and, so, and they followed suit ever since. They keep doing it, and they'll put a little annotation if you have a really good Bible that says, not in the original manuscript. That's because they thought it was too good to be true. And they were bound by their theology instead of what the Word actually said. So is my Bible wrong? Well, you can read it wrong. And that's what they did. And so they moved half of verse 4 up to verse 1. It says there's a period there in the original. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. I'm a free man. From the law of sin and death, it doesn't have authority. The reign of sin has no authority in your life. It has none, I'm telling you. Don't empower it by presenting yourself to it and don't empower it by constantly trying to deal with it. It doesn't work. Can sin control, if you read this, can sin control your eternity? So how do you think it controls who you are now? What is eternity based on? Who lives in you? Who are you going to be with in eternity? Does God live in you? Are you an eternal being now? Then that's the empowerment of grace of how to deal with life. We've, sep we've so separated the two and made one distant, and it's got delays in it, and that by and by I'll get better and better. I'm going to be a better me next year, 2020. No. I'm fully alive now. Fully alive now. And that's how I'm supposed to deal with the circumstances of life, including my mistakes, including if I sin. Is not with something that is temporal, but with the eternal. And if sin doesn't have control of my eternity, guess what it doesn't have control of? Now. The true you. Isn't this stunning? I, I'm, I'm often shocked with it. I, I, I restudy this and I'm going, I just start, I was at the computer and just start crying. I went for so long. I saw myself bound. I could not see myself getting free from things. God, you've made, you have set me really, really free. 
we have tried to learn and we've been taught, and this is what I want you to start breaking in your life. If I have anything I can give before I get to pass into that, whatever that next realm is, is to make sure this gets across to people. We have learned to try and put the measure of our okayness in the power of repentance instead of the power of grace. Now, I'm sorry, I'm probably stepping on toes, or you need to confess, you need to repent. I repented till I was blue in the face. I mortgaged my spiritual future. I promised God it would never happen again. I promised myself that it would. Are you like me? And it never worked because I was putting the power in the gift of repentance. And repentance is real. It is a very good and incredible gift. It's from God. He calls it a gift. But not what the words become in our lives. What the original word meant was, stop thinking that way. That's wrong. Think completely differently. That's what the word actually means. We, we, we started using the word repent for those Greek words. And legalism and religion is all repentance, legalistic and religious. No, but a lot of it is. And most of it, um, most of it in my life was. You know what word religion means? The original means, uh, the word re is again in the English. And ligaire is the French word that it came from. And it means to bind again. That's what religion means. To bind again over and over and over. Repent, uh, as, as the transitive verb was, it was meant to cause to feel regret or contrition. To always be sorrowful, to regret, to... to uh, to acknowledge how awful it is and to stay there. And that's what repent, same word, again, and then penance. It means to acknowledge how awful it was. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't stop it. It's a religious word. Now, is it a good word? It's a biblical word that got translated into a really strange English word but to do penance over and over and over and over again? How futile is that? You just described, just described most of your walks with God for a number of years. And that's not what Paul taught of the authority and power that was given here in Romans 6 at all. I hope this is making sense. Repent does not mean to turn from sin and dedicate oneself to the amendment of one's life. That's actually a, a dictionary version of it. To feel regret or contrition uh, enough to change one's mind. What if you could be convinced 
that God's already changed his mind about you. What if your heart was really convinced that he's delightfully okay with you? And that when you make mistakes, he's not going to reject you and he's not going to give you an equation by which you got to do something to have relationship with him. You can see this in the natural. Just think of your children. When your two-year-old lies to you again, do you finally say, that's it, that's the final lie, I'm done with you. No more. We're stopping right here at 14 months. And if you ever lie to me again, I'm going to... Did you quit on them? Did you? Did you stop? Did they quit being your child? Did you abandon them to the lie that they were telling? I didn't spill the milk. Yes, you did. Just admit it, you did. No, no. We have friends that, that they watched their child sin. They watched him do it. He had such good denial skills that he just kept to, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. How do you reach a child like that? It's oh, okay, buddy. I've done it a hundred times myself. Come here, I love you. It's the power of grace. Does God wink at sin? No, God died for sin. He died the death that you couldn't do. He did. Now he says, now receive it from me. I died to its authority for you. Not just in my life, I died as you, so it wouldn't have authority over you. Now you're tapping into something that has great power. The power of a changed identity. Instead of identifying through repentance how awful you are, what if you actually confessed to who you are in Christ? I love this quote. He wrote a book lots of years ago called Mashed Potato Love. I still remember the, the title. The law is a widower in search of a girlfriend, and he has no problem finding one at church. Because sin died with Christ. But the law wants to keep it alive for you. Devil wants me to sin. No, the law does. Actually, the law is right and pure and good. It's actually the most holy thing possible. It's perfect. It's also a mirror. And it doesn't have the power to change your life. It can identify. It can't change it. What can change it? So what am I going to confess? Oh, Jesus. My new identity in Christ. Oh, my gosh. So what if 
What if, and I'm not telling you to not be sorrowful when you make a mistake, not to be sorrowful or talk to God about when you did sin. And if you need to repent, by all means, embrace it. But what if you, remember where he said the word present? Earlier in Romans 6, where he said, present yourself alive to God. Look at this. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust, and do not present your members as instruments of righteousness to sin, but do what? Let me ask you, the last time you sinned, did you present yourself to God? Or did you present yourself to repentance? How do I present myself to God? This is one of the this is the other one of the other ones that you need to memorize. Look at what he says about presenting. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By the way, that's repent, true repentance. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable. And perfect will of God. It's still speaking about you. I present myself holy and blameless. When you sin, yes, try it. You'll like it. It's a game changer. Instead of going to God, oops, I did it again and I need to talk to you about it. Go right there and say, Lord Jesus, here I am. Holy and blameless. As redeemed from the dead. Alive fully to you. And I receive that that's how you see me coming to you. This is where it says in, in Hebrews 4 that we come boldly to a throne of grace. I come running to you in great need, God, because I did something totally outside of that true identity. And I'm not okay with it. It feels icky and I'm uncomfortable. So I want to see myself completely as you see me right now. And I would ask that you transform my thinking. So I present myself to you, and I think now the right things of me. I am righteous. I am holy. I am blameless. I am restored completely in you. There's no sin that can attach itself to me because I have been made free from the law of sin and death. And I now have you living in me, which that law of life in you is greater than any other law on the earth, in the earth, around the earth, or in my thoughts. You want to talk about the power to change? That's a grace statement right there. Grace is the power to change. And God is so kind that he gives us a safe environment. Does God wink at when I've done something wrong? No, he provides a safe environment where you can run to him at your worst time. He doesn't go, wait, 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 wait. Let's see, steps of contrition, steps of, uh, are you really understanding what you did? Steps of, have you re are you really humbling yourself? Are you really telling me how awful you are? He doesn't say that. He doesn't say that at all. That's your old man that's dead talking from the grave. Loser, you'll never change. I know who you really are. 
devil loves to jump on those kind of confessions. You get done confessing, you still feel dirty mouth. I needed to wash my mouth out with soap. Wash it out with soap and give me a kiss. something he's moved on from. You get that? You're trying to live in something he moved on from. He died and he was raised from the dead. Did you? Because that's what Romans 6 says. See yourselves as dead to sin and alive to God. Present yourself the right way. I'm alive to God. Does it sound like doublespeak? If it does, I'm going to keep preaching until the Chiefs game's over with. I don't care. <laughs> ah, true, true repentance. Listen, I, I want you to wrap yourselves in this. Oh, go home and read Romans 12 to yourself. After the game. Chiefs are going to win anyway. Done. Listen, if you take anything away from this morning, I, I get very passionate about this because it changed my life. I am changed and I am changing. I have grown through this. The things that were besetting things to me 10 years ago, I'm telling you, there's nothing to them. They fell off like, just like the grave clothes on Lazarus. They were stinky and unrighteous, so I quit wearing them. When I decided to quit wearing them and to live in who I am, it's funny, they quit having the rule and reign and authority in my life. When I quit dealing with sin and let it be dead, I became alive to God. You confess your sin. Tell God it made me feel really icky and it reminded me of where I used to live. But that I didn't believe anything about that anymore. And I didn't want to associate with it. And so I turned myself alive to him and I presented myself that way. And I'm getting convinced because he gave me safety and security. I'm getting convinced day by day. Day by day. Are you always the righteousness of God? Yes. And day by day I'm seeing it more and more. Sin does not have authority over you. Quit giving it that. It doesn't. And you don't go, I'm going to say no to sin. No, it's dead. I'm not going to talk to it. I'm going to have anything to do with it. Don't present yourself to it. That's it. Okay, stand up with me. This is way better than Patrick Mahomes throwing a touchdown. Really. I really believe that. This is a word of life. Record the game. You can watch that later in your leisure time. This was, this was the honey cakes of the word of God. That's what I see as Romans 6. This is the, this is the 
this is old. This is creme brulee. This is tiramisu. This is this is the stuff that that God said, eat, feast on this, and you will live. Lord, we feast on this that we might live. I ask that each person in this room would be given a revelation of who they are in you. And for every nagging sin that has been hounding them, I ask that they would see themselves presented to you holy, righteous, blameless. And let your word become the truth of our lives. Not our understanding of it, not somebody else's words about it, not a teaching about it. Let your word be true in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hug somebody on the way out.